your hands to the Lord and we're going to bless the Lord. Lift your hands to Jesus and bless him. Be very deliberate. Just thank him and bless him for all, all his goodness. For all the blessings that he has given to you. For his mercy endureth forever. His greatness is unsearchable. His ways are past finding. What a God we have. What a God we serve. All the glory belongs to you, Jesus. We worship. We bow before you alone. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, be deliberate. Be deliberate. Just honor him. Just exalt him. Just exalt him. Just give him praise and all the honor and all the adoration. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless you tonight. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we want to bless you. We acknowledge you as our God, who is like unto thee, and who can be compared unto you. We want to praise you because you are good, and your mercies endure forever. We ask for an outpouring of your spirit in another dimension, cause our lives to be transfigured, and all the praise shall be ascribed unto you. Rain down, distill revelation, upon our lives and upon our souls let light encounter us in the name of the lord jesus that we all with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror the glory of god are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by your spirit blessed be the name of the lord thank you for healings thank you for strategic prayers thank you for understanding thank you for the spirit of revelation in jesus name amen all right, please be seated. All right, so the Christers can join them here so that I can see all of you and communicate. Please, if there's anybody outside, please tell the person to come in now because it's time for the word of God and we must give the um, needed or required reverence towards the word of God so we can have um, one of the helpers at the, at the door just to help people to come in and... Um, Whilst the, the helper is there, she'll be making some notes, putting down something, so that uh, you'll be blessed corporately. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be here at all? Now, it's a joy to come into the house of God, because um, anytime we're here, we have an encounter with, with the Godhead in a very unique way. Anytime we're in the presence of God, something shifts about our lives. Anytime we're in the presence of God, we experience a, a metamorphosis, a transformation, um, um, a gleam of light that, that begins to affect and influence us as people of God. Hallelujah. There is no place like the house of God. And I'm glad to see you here today. Um, last week, we began to look at a, a very important subject which I titled, Diagnosing Spiritual Weakness diagnosing spiritual weakness even uh, those of you praying at the back there make sure you get some notes and pick up something um, for tonight diagnosing spiritual weakness now um, let's have an extra microphone minister sam please help get an extra microphone uh, we're going to go around those of you if you are not here that's fine uh, even if you were not here it's still not an excuse because by now i'm expecting that you should go to the podcast to listen to the message so you can catch up now listen to me the fact that you miss service does not mean you miss the teaching. Are you following what I'm saying? Even if you miss service, you're supposed to look for the teaching and then get updated on what we are doing. 
Amen. So, um, hallelujah. So, um, each and every one of us is going to tell us based on how we're going to let for the next five to ten minutes and then we continue from today's teaching. All right? So, um, let's have the microphone. Let's have the microphone. All right, so we, we dealt to it. I'm going to give you a clue so that at least each can talk for about 30 seconds. We looked at diagnosing spiritual weakness. Please, are we recording? All right, so diagnosing spiritual weakness. And then we explained what spiritual weakness is, okay? So um, even if you don't look into the notes, per the understanding you got, don't try to define it. Let it flow from your heart. What is spiritual weakness? What is spiritual weakness? All right, so if you don't raise your hands, I'll call you. So it's better you raise your hands because everybody's going to talk today. Amen. So what is spiritual weakness? Can someone share with us what spiritual weakness is? Okay, so no one, if no one is talking, that means I'm doing a useless work. All right. You, I forgot to tell you the last Sunday you really blessed us with the worship meeting and just keep it up. God bless you so much. Yes. All right. Okay, so um, what I learned last week about the definition of um, spiritual weakness is when a believer has the spiritual stamina to do business with uh, God in, in his Christian life. Okay, when the person, when the believer does what? Spiritual stamina to do He business. lacks it. Yes. Okay. Spiritual stamina to do business with God. That's very powerful. Um, all right. So, who else can share something with us? Spiritual weakness. That's a very powerful one there. When the believer lacks spiritual stamina to do business with God. Now, share with us anything that you know on spiritual weakness so far. Can we have the next hand? Can we have the next hand? All right. So, uh, what's the name? Nana Kofi. All right. All right. So, you wanted to say something? Okay, so when you're done, then he comes in. Okay, all right, that's that's powerful, all right? So, let's okay, yes? You're welcome, man of God. You also explained that no Christian is impotent, but then a Christian can be spiritually weak. Okay, that's very powerful, all right? Okay, so now I'm going to open the floor, okay? Uh, we spoke about um, three, we, we spoke about the levels of spiritual weakness. We spoke of signs of spiritual weakness. And then we spoke about um, what causes spiritual weakness. So within five minutes, let's go around, um, share something about any of them that you've learned so far. Let's do it quickly, okay? So uh, starting from Mr. Quick, we'll give him the mic. So everybody, please close your, your notebooks. Close your notebooks. You have looked enough. All right. So share very quickly because we don't have time at all. Yeah. A, a technical team, it looks like the wood has covered your face. So it doesn't mean I can't still come there. Okay. Oh, you can speak through the microphone so everybody can hear you. Yeah. With the signs of uh, spiritual weakness, yes, 
Thank you. You mentioned that uh, your love for the things of God will drain them. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're speaking about the signs of spiritual weakness. Your love, your passion for the things of God dwindles. Okay, that's fine. All right, so please move on. Yes, yes. No, no. Uh, uh, yes, Queen Yellow. Yes. No, I'm not saying you should say everything like you should. You can talk about anything within all the things that I taught. Okay, so you're not under pressure. Talk about any other thing I spoke about regarding spiritual weakness. Okay, the signs, the levels, the causes, everything. Okay, all right. So not being able to pray is a sign of spiritual weakness. So if you got into a place where prayer is becoming very hard, it's a sign you're getting spiritually weak. No, follow the sequence. Follow the ladder. Yeah. Ah, she was not around. Okay, so move the microphone. You were not around? Okay. Yes, so, no. Have you spoken? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yes, yes. You were not here. Okay. Unstable? Okay, when your faith becomes very unstable, okay, that's fine. We spoke about a lot. I, I taught for one hour, 25 minutes. You can't tell me you didn't learn anything. Okay? All right. Yes, okay. No transformation. So if you if uh, uh, you get to a place, no matter the teaching being taught, you're not being transformed. It's a sign that something is wrong with your spiritual life. Okay? Yeah? Okay? You're unable to... Uh, your, your spiritual giftings becomes dysfunctional. Your dream parting, um, the things that gives you insight and revelation, everything just becomes dysfunctional. It's not functioning. It's a sign of spiritual weakness. You dream, you forget, um, and all kinds. Of, we've spoken about that, yeah. You weren't here. Okay, that's fine. Yes. On readiness to let go of some characters. Now, you see, um, if you truly love God, you'll be willing to sacrifice something that you know doesn't glorify Him. Very important. If you truly love God and you really want to get serious with God, you will have to sacrifice something. For example, uh, you are in a relationship and someone, the person in the relationship says that we have to sleep together before um, I can really see that you, you are serious with me. Now, you, you work very hard to build that relationship and losing it is going to mean a lot. Now, you have to choose between Jesus and between that guy or between that Jesus and between that girl. And the thing is that if you really want to maintain your spiritual potency, it comes with sacrifices, and some sacrifices can be very painful. Sometimes you even cry. But because of the love of Jesus and keeping of your spiritual work with God, you will have to do it. Am I helping someone here? Good. All right, let's, 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 let's move on quickly. Yes. Lack of self-control. All right, so you, you got into a place where you lack capacity to become self-controlled, to control yourself. It's a sign of spiritual weakness, okay? All right, um, Mr. Sir, yeah. One of the, one of the signs. <laughs> okay, thank you. One of the signs that shows that you are weak is when you are not able to abide to the things of the spirit. Okay. 
So uh, I'll touch on the causes. One of the things Papa you said was procrastination. Okay. And you continue to forfeit and delay. Yes, no causes. It's signs. So procrastination. Of doing the right thing. Yeah. The sign is um, when the Christian uh, prayer time is diminishing. Okay, that's all. Right. So, when your prayer life is diminishing, the sign has taken with you. Okay, that's all. Right. Yes? So, when you lack joy in the things of the Lord. When you lack joy, it's like when glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of God. So when you lose excitement to be in the presence of God, in the presence of believers, you need to do your homework well. Because something is wrong. Alright. No interest or excitement about reading the Bible. So no interest and excitement about reading the Bible. It's like a burden to you. It's a sign of spiritual weakness. Please take it very serious. Yeah. Signs of um, weakness. Which are yes. Weakness. yes. So I meant about procrastination of okay. doing the things of God. So procrastination in doing the right things. Anytime it's, it has got to do with doing bad, you are quick to do it. When it's got to do with doing good, it's like you delay in doing good, doing the right things. When I say doing the right things, I'm even talking about your prayer life, the word of God, reading the Bible, going to church and all that. Yeah. So signs of spiritual weakness. I learned uh, nobody's even talking of the, the causes. Everybody's talking about signs. Okay, anyway. I learned about the sudden love for the things of the world. So sudden love for the things of the world. When you notice that all of a sudden your appetite is for worldly music, watching all kinds of movies, it's a sign that you're getting spiritually weak. Suddenly. Yeah. Self-centeredness. Okay, self-centeredness. So when you realize that you're becoming so selfish, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's a sign of spiritual weakness. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about the causes of... Okay, that's fine. So one point you mentioned was neglecting or forsaking of God. Yes, neglect and forsaking God. Can you throw more light on that? Or that's all you can say? Oh, yes, sir. So, Papa, I, did, I remember that you said that... Uh, Neglecting God, uh, to me, what I understood is um, you tend to forget about God regardless of whatever you do. You don't appreciate God in your doing. So in case you want to take even, for example, you want to take uh, a decision. Yeah. Instead of you to factor God in the decision you are making, you tend to neglect him. Okay, that's powerful. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, all your ways, all, all, acknowledge him and he shall what? direct your path. Just God loves that he's involved in every aspect of your life. He wants to be involved in your academics. Because the thing is that anything God is not involved in can expire in your hands. It's just a matter of time. Praise God. All right, please let's move on. God against sin. Weak, becomes weak, or you are prone. You are prone to fall into temptation. So like your guard against. So when your guard, the things that you were doing to keep boundaries, to guard you against sin, has just been released, and now things are just easily passing by you. It's a sign that you are getting spiritually weak. Yes. Okay. So your resistance to temptation is now very, very limited. Praise God. Yes. 
All right, someone has said that already, but it's still okay. All right, so um, quickly we can continue with today's teaching. Okay, yes, yes. Oh, who is there? Okay. Um, another cause is distancing ourselves from God. Okay, so that's the same as the neglect. So, yes, continue. If you can. When we tend to distance ourselves from God, it kind of puts a weakness, spiritual regression. So, anytime you just stay away from God, days, four days, one week, you have never read your Bible, you've never had your quiet time, you've never prayed. That attitude soon begins oh my that attitude soon begins to um, take you away from the presence of God. And that exposes you. Hallelujah. Alright, so um, any any more additions? Any more additions? Yes. Yes, so Johannes. So, Papa, you said idolatry as day. Uh, no one said that today. And I think we spent more time in idolatry, speaking about idolatry as one of the things that makes uh, believers spiritually weak. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go quickly into today's message. And um, I believe that the continuation will bless you greatly. Amen. Amen. Uh, the class is weak. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So, um, in a minute, just let me help you with a recap. We spoke about spiritual weakness and we said that spiritual weakness is a spiritual state where the believer lacks the spiritual stamina to do business with God. We said that um, spiritual weakness is a spiritual health issue where the believer lacks the strength to live the normal Christian life. And we said spiritual weakness is the, ability, is the inability to satisfy the Lord due to inadequate strength and a status of fruitlessness. We said there are four levels of spiritual weakness. And we said the first level of weakness is when your faith becomes unstable. The just is supposed to live by faith. When your faith becomes unstable, it's a sign uh, you, are in the, uh, you are in the first level of spiritual weakness. The second level is inability to exhibit spiritual gift. So it's like you are dysfunctional in the use of the divine abilities that God uh, placed inside your spirit. Number three, we said retarded spiritual growth. You realize that you are not growing spiritually as a child of God. It's the third level and the fourth level is no transformation. You become an untransformed being and an untransformed being will live the life of an unregenerated being. You can write that down. An untransformed Christian will live the life on an unregenerated unbeliever. So the life that comes out of you does not differ from the life of the unbeliever. And these are all levels of spiritual weakness. And we spoke about the signs of weakness. We said procrastination of doing the right things, the love for the things of the world, love, uh, pride, and blind justification of undisciplined status. You begin to give excuses, reasons why you are justified, why you're not reading your Bible, why you're not praying. And we said number four, unreadiness to let go of some characters. 
Number five, private prayer time is diminishing very fast. Number six, less resistant to temptation. Number seven, no interest and excitement about Bible study. Number eight, self-centeredness. Number nine, lack of self-control. And then number ten, uh, strong irresistible appetite for sin and worldliness. And finally, lack or no spiritual fervency. You just come to church, you're just there. Praises, you're just watching. Let me tell you something. Anyone who is having a strong walk with God has fervency. Check it. You realize you're doing praises, you're doing worship, the person is just watching like this. He doesn't know Jesus. If you truly know Jesus, you will lift your hands, you will kneel down, and I understand when you see people like that, just know they've not had an encounter with Jesus. They don't have a walk with God. That's why any spiritual thing being done, they are lukewarm. This same person standing down or sitting down, when we say lift up your hands, it's the same person who is dancing sharp in Ogbo with Shatawale song. So there is a problem. I'm teaching good here. So we said the first cause of spiritual weakness, what causes believers to be spiritually weak? Number one is the neglect of God. We saw the book of Judges that one of the sins Israel committed was to reject and neglect God. You forsake God. You distance God from everything that you're supposed to involve him in for his direction and counsel. And there is nothing that hurts God than the sin of neglect. That's what the Bible says. Have you noticed that there are three things the Bible says you should do always? I've been teaching that a lot. Number one, the Bible says what? Pray always. Ephesians 5.18. Number two is what? Rejoice always. That's uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. Number three, what? Give thanks always. Now, if you're that child of God that is doing these three things consistently, I, I practice them on a daily basis, deliberately. I thank God almost every time for anything that happens. I rejoice in the Lord in, in tough times and I pray at all times. Today, I've, I've just been praying the Spirit almost eventually the whole day. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm still praying the Spirit. Now, what is happening is that it is keeping God in your consciousness. It's like it, you, you, you are keeping God in your atmosphere, in your surrounding. So, neglecting God is one of the major causes of spiritual digression and retrogression. So, if you want to retrogress, digress as a child of God, learn to neglect God in your daily dealings. Number two is idolatry. And we saw some very wild stuff there, but I don't want to go into it. And we said idolatry, as people think, they think it's bowing down to an idol or to a God. That was the old times. In fact, people still do that now, but hardly will you find a Christian entering into a shrine. But today, according to the New Testament, 1 John chapter 5, the verse 21 in NLT, uh, which says, little children flee idolatry. It says, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. So anything your heart wants more than God, anything your heart likes more than God, anything your heart is satisfied with more than God, anything you find pleasure and enjoyment in more than God is an idol. And we explain different areas where idolatry can be experienced is sports. Sports can be an idol. Sport birthing systems can be an idol. There are people who have made super bets their idol today and they worship it. Because anything you give to, you worship it. You will never give to anything you don't worship. There are some, their idol is their clothing. That is why they will not come to church because they don't have a dress. 
Which means your dress, your clothes are your idol. Some their shoes are their idol. Some their perfumes are their idols. Some their ornaments are their idols. There are some their relationships, boyfriends or girlfriends are their idols. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, I don't know why you should have thoughts of suicide when a guy leaves you. Or a girl leaves you. Now, the reason why you want to die and you think you, you life, we are saying because a guy or a girl leaves you. That was an indication that all this while, this guy or this girl was your idol. And he preoccupied a place in your heart that was meant for only God. I'm teaching good here. So every child of God must be kept because your phone can become an idol. And today, Satan has replaced our Bibles with our phones. Many years ago, people slept with their Bibles. Now we sleep with our phones. We wake up with our phones. The first thing we check is our messages. I had to discipline myself not to turn on my data when I wake up in the morning. So any important message that has to be sent, it is after 9 o'clock. So I deliberately turn off my data. I don't chat with anyone because once you chat, you start talking on phone, you start conversing. Now, it drives you up to do your quiet time. Because your day has already begun. I'm teaching you some secrets here. And sometimes Satan is a master at it. Satan is a master at keeping you busy. Anytime you decide to go and pray, a phone call comes. You want to pray, someone says, do this for me. You, you want to pray, a message comes. You want to pray, a new notification comes. And those things are things Satan puts in place to keep you away from God. So in the place of idolatry, we need to understand that anything that takes the place of God in our hearts is an idol. And this, this, this was one of the things that brought Israel to captivity. Go and check it. The major sin that took Israel every time into captivity was idolatry. I'm teaching good here. Alright, so today's message, I believe you're going to be so much blessed. So, um, we want to go to the third thing. I'm sure we may spend the whole time here. The third cause of spiritual weakness. The third cause of spiritual weakness is sexual immorality and other sexual perversions. Sexual immorality and other sexual perversions. Please take note of what I'm going to teach you today because it will bless you. There are many people today who are finding it hard to keep their spiritual fervency, not because of anything. They are just bound by sexual perversions. And you need to hear this teaching very carefully because it will save someone tonight. One of the key weapons Satan uses to keep believers spiritually weak is sexual perversions. Please pay attention to this. And this man teaching you is not somebody who is holy in himself. I've told you my shortcomings several times. And as the Lord gives us grace, I'm going to share some of them with you also as we teach. Sexual immorality and other sexual perversions. Are you following me? Now come with me to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the verse 19. Now this verse is going to come alive to you today and uh, I believe he's going to bless you. Give that to me in NLT. NLT. Now, look at that. 
Now, the Bible says, don't you realize that your body, oh, I don't know where you are, the verse 12, the verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 6, the verse 12. Now, look, look at that. Now, he says that you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must become a slave to anything. I must not become a slave to anything. Next verse. Next verse. Now, the Bible says, you say, now, observe, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This will, this is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that your bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. Now look at the first principle that we need to see before we get into the word of God regarding what I'm teaching you. He says that your body was not designed for sexual impurity. Now, you see, when you buy a product, give that to me in KJV, so um, it's going to make more sense there. Now, look, he says, now, the body is not for fornication. Now, when you buy certain products, okay, you find that they tell you this product is not supposed to touch water. Or this product is not supposed to be taken when you are less than five years old. They are giving you precautions because something can cause that product not to take effect the way it is intended by those who pro pro produce them because you did not meet the required qualification to take that medicine or that product. Are you following what I'm teaching you? And the Bible is telling us the function of the body. And he's saying the body is not for fornication. Now, it's very important you understand this. This is what Satan has used to enslave many believers. The body is not for fornication. Remember the Bible didn't say the body is not for sex. Because in our teaching, we're going to realize that sex is a gift that God gave to every man for three purposes. Number one, for procreation. That is God's agenda. Number two, for pleasure. And number three, for covenant, which, which you're talking about commitment. It's, 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 it's a seal of commitment. A lot of youth have entered into serious sexual perversions because they did not understand what they were engaging in. It is after today's teaching you realize that sex is more spiritual than you ever thought. So pay attention to this teaching and it's going to help you. Nobody is being condemned today. You are only being admonished, enlightened, so your eyes are open. Was this what I was getting myself into? That's what you're doing this teaching. So the Bible says the body now is not for fornication, but for who? The Lord. So the first function of your body is that your body belongs to Jesus and it must work for the Lord. At the same time, this teaching is telling us the function of the body. It's also telling us how to escape immorality. You must engage in the work of God. Engage. The more you engage in the work of God, it has a way of killing certain desires from your heart. And the Lord for the body. Now look at the next verse. <laughs> You're going to see something soon. Next verse. Next verse. He says, you say... And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. Now look at the next verse. Do you realize that your bodies 
Your bodies are actually what? You are not here. Your bodies are what? Part of Christ. Now, I know some of you just thought that it's your spirit that is part of Christ. The Bible says your body, do you not realize? So the problem is the realization. Has it dawned on you yet? That your body is a part. KJV says it's a member of Christ. So this your physical body, it is a member, it is part of Christ. Including your sexual organs, it is, it is a part of Christ. That's what the, the scriptures is teaching. Now look, he says, shall I then take the members of Christ? So anytime you are involving yourself in immorality, you are taking what belongs to Christ for an illicit activity which is not in alignment with God's word. Please hear this teaching carefully. You'll be saved. He says, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot, God forbid. Which means that sexual immorality, write that down, is an abomination in heaven. Hmm. Apostle Paul says, God forbid that I will take a part of my body and join it sexually to someone I'm not married to. He says, God forbid, which means sexual immorality is an abomination. So listen to me. You may think nobody was in the room, but in the spirit, you sound an alarm. In the spirit, you broke a code, which I'm teaching you here now. So now look, he says, God forbid. So every sexual act outside of marriage is an abomination in heaven. Listen, don't let the world define sex. Let God do it because he created it. Look at the next verse. He says, <laughs> so number one, the Bible is telling you your body, write that down. Your body is a member of Christ. Your body is a part of Christ. That's what we are called the body of Christ. Which means your body is as part of the body of Christ as your spirit and soul. Do, do, see, look, it says, and don't you realize that if any man joins, so you thought you had sex, you actually joined. You joined. If anyone joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes what? One body with her. Hear me carefully. Anyone you engage in sexual activity, you have become one with the person. this is one of the most dangerous things you can ever know in this life. That the one you thought you broke up with after having sex three times, seven years ago, is still one with you. And you are carrying him along with you, carrying her along with you in the spirit realm as you are moving. And look, he says he becomes one body with her for the scripture said that two are united into one. Look at the next verse. He says, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Next verse. Run from sexual sin. Ah, see, when the Bible tells you to run, run. Oh, I'm telling you. When the Bible says run, run. One of the prophets was sharing with me today of a bishop in Nigeria whose case was handled in court today regarding a rape case, which he did years ago, and it was taken again. Today, as I speak to you, 
he has been sentenced to life imprisonment. This is one powerful prophet according to human standard. He will mention your name, your date of birth, your panty color, everything about your life. He has been sentenced to life imprisonment. He is a bishop. The Bible says run. Why is he saying that? He is saving you from life imprisonment. He is saving you from depression. He is saving you from HIV. And listen to me carefully. There are two kinds of STDs. Sexually transmitted diseases and sexually transmitted demons. Hear me carefully. Sexually transmitted diseases and sexually transmitted what? Demons. I'm coming to teach you something today. Look, he says run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. No other sin. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Now, there's, there's a second thing that we just learned. Oh, look at the next one. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Do you not, be, do you be, do you not belong to yourself? For God bought you with what? A high price. So you must honor God with your body. So now, if the Bible commands us to honor God with our bodies, it means we can dishonor God with our bodies. Now, according to this verse we just read, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 to 20, there are three levels of sins that sexual immorality brings against you. The first level, remember he says, do you not know that your bodies are what? Can you, can you shout it? What? Members of Christ. Now, the first sin you commit in sexual immorality is that you sin against the entire body of Christ. Which means, when you commit immorality, the sin is against the whole universal church of God. You have sinned against Pentecost. You have sinned against Methodist. You have sinned against Christ's life. You have sinned against Action Chapel. You have sinned against Keeper's House. You have sinned against any church you call together collectively. You have sinned against them. Because you thought your body was alone. No, when you got born again, your body became a part of a bigger body. You didn't get what I'm teaching you. If you have this understanding, you mess up. You won't say, I felt for it. You won't say, it was a... You won't say that. You, you will see beyond that. Listen, it, it takes realization, revelation to come out of certain things. Because when your eyes are open, you're like, was I doing this? So the first thing you commit is sin against what? The church, the entire church. Number two, you sin against your own body. And number three, you sin against God. Because you dishonored God with your body. Because, you see, the reason why you sin against God is because God bought you, including your body, at a price. And you cheapened that price he bought you with, which is the blood of Jesus. It's an insult against the blood of Jesus that purchased you from sin. 
So, in the levels of sexual immorality, your first sin is against the entire body of Christ. Number two is against your own body. And number three is against God. That's the ultimate. Please, I'm teaching good here. So, quickly, what is sexual immorality? Because someone may be sitting there and saying that, for me, I'm glad I'm not part of them. Wait and let's finish now. Let's finish. I have not inserted, inserted my manhood yet. Let's finish this teaching. Now, what is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality is the interpersonal activity. The reason why it's an interpersonal activity is because nobody held your manhood. It's an interpersonal activity involving sex organs that doesn't conform to God's revealed laws governing sexuality. I repeat myself. Sexual immorality is the interpersonal activity involving sex organs that doesn't conform to God's revealed laws governing sexuality. Now, please pay attention. Don't be sitting and looking at me and say, this man is trying to condemn me. But the Bible says there's no condemnation. I'm saving you. A spirit will be talking to you and telling you that I'm, I'm in the wrong place. God understands my weakness. Listen to what I'm teaching you. I want to save you. I understand the grace of God. So I'm not here to condemn you. I'm bringing you out of something Satan wants to trap you and your entire generation. I'm telling you something serious. So it's an interpersonal activity which involves the sex organs that doesn't conform to the revealed laws governing sexuality. That means God has revealed laws regarding sexuality. Anytime you use your sex organs to break any of those laws is called immorality sexually. I'm teaching good here. Now, secondly, sexual immorality is an action. Number one, a thought. Two, a desire. Three, and an appetite. Four. So it's a thought, it's an action, it's a desire, and it's an appetite that violates God's standard for sexual purity. So sexual immorality is what? A thought, number one. Number two, an action, number three, desire, number four, appetite that violates God's standard for sexual purity. I'm teaching on one aspect of the teachings I have for you today on how sexual immorality spiritually weakens you as a child of God. And it's one of Satan's master cards. One of his best cards. If you go to the occult, it's their best. Witchcraft is their best. Marine kingdom, their best. So all the levels of psychic wickedness, they all thrive on immorality to transact business against Christians. Listen to me carefully. Now, speaking of sexual immorality or sexual perversions, we are not just talking about the direct activity called sex. Any perversion that is around sexual activity is called immorality. 
So now, the first aspect of sexual immorality is fornication. The first act of immorality, sexual immorality is what? Fornication. Number two is adultery. So fornication is any sexual activity that you have outside of marriage. Adultery is sexual activity that you have with another person other than your wife. Now, I know you know this too. We are going to other aspects now. Number three is called oral sex. Oral sex. So in oral sex, you don't have the real activity itself, but you play with it. <laughs> I know you, you know what I'm talking about. You play with it. Next is phone sex. So there's texting and there's sexting. Sexting is sending messages, nude pictures, nude videos. Baby, can I see a picture of your breast? You didn't have sex, but there was a perversion you entered into that became a ground that qualified you into sexual perversion. I'm teaching with you. So, sending messages that are suggestive. Are you alone? I feel cold. <laughs> I want to enter into you. So, <laughs> I'm in you. <laughs> you are in me. I'm in you and you are in me. <laughs> Laugh or balen. So the purpose of sexting is to arouse somebody from a distance. I'm teaching good here. So someone says, I haven't done it. Once you are sexting, you know this guy is leading you on. He's sharing some things that is keeping your mind active with sexual environment. You need to be aware. Because you are about to enter into a perversion that will affect you for a long time. Next is masturbation. Masturbation is playing with your sex organs for pleasure and satisfaction. So thank God you have not impregnated a woman. Thank God you didn't have sex with a woman. And that makes you feel that you are self-righteous. I haven't done it. You did it with yourself now. And someone says masturbation is not a sin. It's a kind of sexual perversion. If you check the works of the flesh, it didn't say sexual sin. It says immorality. So it has different segments under it. And that's what I'm teaching you. Next is homosexuality and lesbianism and gayism. Homosexuality. It is, it is now growing even in our churches. Growing in our churches. People enter churches and they target the gifted people. And they use money to lure them into, into homosexuality. It's a serious business Satan is bringing into the church. And it is said that in about every 10 churches, seven churches have homosexuals there. In every 10 churches, 
they are seven, seven of them have homosexuals there. They are worshiping them. Spreading it there with money. And that's why you need to be on guard. Listen, not everybody in church, number one, is a human being. Number two, not everybody in church is a Christian. You didn't understand what I'm telling you. Even in heaven, when the angels of God gathered, Lucifer was there. So don't think everyone's smiling with you is a Christian. Don't think anyone smiling with you is a, is a human being. They are all calls that are sent into churches to destroy lives. And they come dressed beautifully, nicely shaped and shaped. And they are handsome, having nice cars. And, and they may put you into trouble. Because they were acting spiritual. Listen, no matter how spiritual someone is acting, once he wants to make you compromise, he is not spiritual. You didn't hear what I said. So that's, the, that's how you mark the person. You can use to mark him. It's not the prayer. It's not the fasting. And don't be moved. I'm teaching good here. Next point is soft pawns or pornography. Soft and hard pawns. It's also a certain kind of sexual perversion. Soft and hard pornography. There are people who watch the hard one. And the hard one is you going on a site. Now, it is so easy to get access to pornography. Very, very easy. Very, very easy to get access to pornography. I'm telling you. You just type porn2024. <laughs> and then it will display different, one, different ones, different sizes, different shapes, different. You can even choose albino. Albino porn. Now they even act it in movies. Somebody can dress like a Roman nun, but she's a porn star. And they are acting the movie just to make it interesting for you. Look at that, too. Please, if in case you have been watching, just, let me just give you an advice. Your name has been registered in the kingdom of darkness. When I'm going through the register of those who have been watching, your name is part, I'm telling you. So you are part of the registry. When the Bible says you are registered in heaven, look at where you are registered. <laughs> if anyone is not laughing, he's a suspect. I'm telling you, watch the person beside you. If the person is not laughing, he's a suspect. How can I say this and you will laugh? You want me to close? You are suffering. Am I helping someone here? So, what are the causes of sexual immorality? Number one, what are reasons why, why believers fall into immorality? Number one, are you ready? Our sinful nature is called the flesh. It's the major reason people fall into immorality. The flesh, our sinful nature. There is a sinful Adamic nature that was not terminated by Jesus. Listen, your old nature is in two folds. 
Are you following what I'm saying? The first one is a sin nature, which is called Adam. The second one is called self. So your old nature is made up of two. The first is called what? Adam, which is the sin nature. And, and, and the second is called what? Self. So the sin nature was crucified with Christ, but self was not crucified. That's why that one, the Bible says you must pick up your cross. So that flesh is in self, self-gratification. It is in that area where it is. So the, the old nature is one of the major reasons people don't know how to tame it. People don't know how to kill it. People don't know how to subdue it. That's why they fall into it. Number two is a sexualized society. Second reason why many believers fall into sexual sin is a sexualized society. You can never go through Facebook today without seeing a woman's breast, either full or half. When I say half, it means it is, it, it is partially covered with something and the rest is there. It's actually the same thing to a guy. I, I, I guess there's some revelation here. <laughs> Partial or full is the same to a guy. Once a guy sees partial, he has seen the fool. His mind will start creating it. I'm teaching good here. So listen to me. <laughs> A sexualized society is not making sex look like a normal thing. You see, that's what Satan is doing. He always wants sin to look good. He puts his suit and tie on sin. He puts sugar and honey on sin. So it looks tasty. It looks nice. It looks beautiful. But hidden inside it is death. So a sexualized society is arousing the young generation to enter into sex. So there are people who through the sexualized society entered into sexual immorality because of curiosity. They just wanted to experiment it. What does it mean? How does it feel for a man to hold my breast? How does it feel for someone to finger me? You, you are, this is a serious thing I'm telling you. I'm not hiding anything from you. Because I want to save a generation. So, the sexualized society on our Facebook, even in our movies, now they are advertising homosexuality. They are advertising. So, have you realized the blow man, the blow man you love in the action movie, they, they, will, they will send the woman in the, on his assignment to, to kill the killer. What has sex got to do with killing a killer? But you realize you're on a journey. They are going somewhere, going somewhere, going somewhere on the journey. Then a woman comes into his life. Then on his journey, he holds on with the journey, sleeps with the woman before he goes to kill the killer. So, now you just think about it. Why is it so? Satan is selling something. Listen to me. Every movie you are watching involves your spirit, your soul, and your body. Satan did not tell you. Every movie you are watching involves your spiritual and body. That is why there are some horror movies. Whilst you are watching, that fear can transmit a demon into your soul. Meanwhile, it was a movie I was watching. Hollywood, Nollywood, Bollywood was not made to entertain you. It was made to educate you. There is a government behind those systems. And Satan is the one who orchestrated these things because they know Christians will not easily enter into a hotel room with a man. But what they have to do is that they have to use these soft things to lure them. So when the time is up, they're already cooked before they are baked. 
So our sexualized society, everything is sex. Even adverts, you are advertising toothpaste. What's a half-naked woman doing toothpaste? Oh my Jesus. And you see, unfortunately, young men will look at it without scrolling. So now what is happening is that Satan sowed a seed. Listen, Satan has time for you. Maybe he didn't tell you. Satan can set a trap for you and wait for 10 years. He can set a trap for you and wait for 20 years. So Satan has long and short-term plans for every Christian. Every plan against your life that fails, he has a counter plan for you. I'm teaching good here. Number three is satanic attacks. Listen, there are occult men all around. If you are a lady here who easily gives in to sex when you enter a relationship, I am sorry for you, you are about to be demonized. A demon is about to enter you. I'm going to teach you 10 psychic gates that demons used to enter the lives of believers. I'm going to teach you today. If you are the type you enter a relationship after two weeks, two months, the guy says, we've been dating for two months now. Am, am I not committed enough? Am I not committed? Haven't I proved to you my love? Prove to me your love. You see, that is, you see, that is that unfortunately, our parents did not teach us. And our parents thought we were holy. They're laughing. Some of you, your, your parents see you as angels. The day someone will say, I saw you with the guy. Parents say, my daughter, see, see, see will never do it. <laughs> I'm teaching good. Is there an AC here? AC will never do it. So they didn't teach us. They thought we are fine. I was thought of a sad case of a young girl who was working with her sister. Whilst they were going, an occult man dressed nicely in a nice car. Picked them up and said, where are you going? He said, they're going to the junction. Let me drop you off. They sat in. He deliberately put a lot of money at the back seat. So when they sat there, the girl saw it. The big sister saw the money. And he dropped it. The man didn't say anything. And he dropped him. Dropped them. And they got down. He said, bye-bye. Whilst we're going, the, the big sister came and stopped the car. He says, what is plenty of money doing in the back of your car like that? And the man said, do you want it? He says, yes. You can have any amount of money. Only on one condition. I have a cat in my booth. I just want it to suck your breast. I just like it when I see it. And you can have us, you can take any amount you want to take. And the sister said, let's go, let's go. He said, and she went at the back seat this man made the cat suck the breast of this lady and took the money two weeks after her breast began to rot she was bedridden and a kiss sister went to expose what happened the next day the kiss sister died two months later the big sister also died Wow. Listen, there are so many traps that Satan is setting for us through sex that we need to beware. I'm telling you. So, there are many people, Satan, see, in the spirit realm, eh, there are, one guy was taken to the spirit realm and he saw prisons and he saw pre Christians in those prisons and they were still alive on earth. 
And he asked the angel taking him there, who are these people in prisons? Who are these? He says, they are Christians whose souls have been trapped here. And one of the prisoners written immorality. One of the prisoners written anger. One of the prisoners. So, there are people today who can't stop sex because they are in dungeons. They are in prisons. They are in prisons underwater. So, no matter how much they are trying, they can't. One of my sons who is the minister of God. You see, anybody close to me must be sincere. If you're not sincere, you can't come out of immorality. He wanted to come out and, and he started fasting, praying. Until one time he had a dream. He had a dream. He was in a prison. But the prison was not any serious prison. It was just some simple wood and some sticks that were used to cover the place. And there was a, the bodyguard was a dwarf holding a stick. All along. So he thought he was in prison. So ah, in the dream he just, when he started fasting and praying, reading scriptures. And in the dream he saw that, ah, I've been in this place for a long time. No, no, it was a dwarf. And kings, that's what he used to do at the prison gate. And he broke, took the, 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 uh, the kings, took it off. And the dwarf said, where are you going? He says, who are you? Kick the dwarf. And came out of the place and he woke up. Since that day, something left him. Satan is giving you an impression that you are an addict. You can never come out. It's a lie. I'm telling you, it's a lie. And you see, today, this teaching is 50% of your deliverance. I'm telling you. Every young man is suffering and struggling with immorality. Those who have overcome have only tamed it. So I'm not teaching to some group of people to condemn you. Every young man, young woman, why would Apostle Paul say flee youthful lust? Which means the youth days are the days where sex becomes very appealing. Your organs, it is, it is longing for a certain kind of intimacy which is not in alignment with God. It's in every youth. But you need understanding because Satan can bring direction because of that thing you have not aimed. I'm teaching good here. Number four, lack of self-control is the reason why many people fall into immorality. Listen, one of the greatest gifts God gave to the church is self-control. Saying you won't do something and you won't do it. You have it though. You have not accessed it. Self-control. I won't do it. And one of the best physical examples of self-control is urinating. If you're in the auditorium and you feel like urinating, do you urinate in the auditorium? No. There is a place called urinal. That is the appropriate context where you urinate. Likewise, when you feel for sex, it does not mean you have it. There is a, an appropriate context within which you have it called marriage. So the way you are able to hold your urine, you can hold your sex. If you have the right understanding, which I'm teaching you today. Is someone following what I'm saying? Now, the next point is broken relationships. This one is a major cause why people are falling into immorality. What do I mean by broken relationship? A lot of people who fell into adultery and fornication was because of their exes. Your ex. The most dangerous thing you can ever find. Broken relationship. It's the reason why many people are still bound in sex today. You were you engaged sexually in a relationship and you broke up. Now that you want to live pure, Satan can manipulate that guy or that girl to come back into your life. And because there's already a soul tie which has not been disconnected through the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the person still knows the tactics to be able to get back into your life. I can tell you so many young ladies are into this. And so many young guys. 
Let me tell you something. It is not the girl that is trying to come to you. It's Satan manipulating her. You want to be pure and the guy will just call you. Why have you broken up and you're still keeping his contact? Which means you have hope. That he will return. That's why you're keeping his contact. Now I'm telling you, you see, most of you play with fire and expect the fire not to burn you. Once you are done, you are done. Block the person, delete the person because you know the capabilities of this person. The guy knows your love language. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll die. I'll die. If you don't say yes, I'll die. I have the rope. I have the rope. I'm going. I'm going. I want to die for you. One day, one day. When you hear I'm dead, it shall be on you. I'm dying. It will be on your neck. One day. You start feeling bad. <laughs> you too. Jimmy. Abo sama so video usu. We could not cry. I don't want to see you cry, but yeah, I don't want to see you cry. When I see you cry, it makes me sad. But why did you break my heart? You know I don't like what you are doing. Because I didn't know you didn't like what I was doing. Can't you see we are all crying? There is something for us from God. Where you initiate? Where you draws? Pa, maybe. The power of an ex. <laughs> Listen, these are reasons why people are falling into it. Sometimes in the day you want to leave holy, then the Holy Ghost will remind you of your ex. And the moment your thoughts came on your ex, then he will call. It's as though it's a divine connection. <laughs> I love that. I'm telling the truth. And these are all manipulations. Listen, Satan is a master planner. He can manipulate people into your life demonically. Listen, if God can bring divine connections, Satan can bring satanic connections. Mm. Mm. The day you got honey was the day the person called. Have you thought of it? I'm teaching you there. Do you like the message at all? Hmm. Let me share this and then close with you. Now, are you ready for this? This is the last part. Listen, you are not liberated until you are sexually pure. Now, this point I just made there is a serious matter here. You are not liberated until you are sexually pure. It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are. If lust is in your life, you are not free. I'm teaching good here.
Now listen to me. This will really help you. There are five propensities. Hmm? Five propensities that allow for demonic manipulation. And the reason why I'm teaching this is because, listen, every sexual perversion affects you physically, solically, and spiritually. Every sexual perversion affects you spiritually, physically, and solically. So listen, any sexual perversion you are in, your soul has been affected. It has affected your mind, your will, and your emotions long ago. That is why it's very difficult to forget any sexual scene. It's difficult to forget any sexual experience. So if Satan wants to put you back into sexual bondage, he reminds you of the sex you had with your ex-boy. He reminds you of the pornography you watched six months ago. He can tap into it. Satan knows every sexual perversion is stored up in your soul. It's like a hard drive. It is stored there. That is why the Bible says, be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. If Satan wants to destroy you, he renews your mind also. So the things you are watching, I'm coming there very soon. So listen to me. There are five propensities that allows as tools for demonic manipulation. If Satan wants to manipulate you demonically, if he wants to put you in prison, because hear me, a lot of barrenness issues is coming from immorality that was done years ago and they are forgotten. Depression issues, anxiety issues, sexual issues, diseases and infirmities they came from wrong sexual connections people engaged in. So these five propensities, if any spirit wants to attack you, they wait for you to break one of them. The first propensity is called lust. And today I will let you understand that lust is more stronger than sex. Hear me carefully. Until you have dealt with lust, you can't deal with sex. Because lust is fire and sex is fuel. Listen to me carefully. Lust is fire, sex is what? Fuel. If there is no fire, fuel can't do anything to amplify itself. Which means if lust is not there, no sexual temptation can affect your life. Satan knows this, but you don't. So listen to me. You don't have a sexual problem. You have a last problem. You don't have a homosexuality problem. You have a last problem. You got to deal first with lust. And when you deal with lust, it deals with all perversions of sex. Because the seed for sexual perversion is lust. I'm teaching good here. That's the first propensity. So if Satan wants to manipulate you demonically, listen, most of these spiritual marriages, some of them also came from sexual relationships. From masturbation. A spirit saw you masturbating and says, this girl wants an attachment. So at midnight, he comes to sleep with you to increase the appetite. Hear me carefully. Hear me carefully. What you do in private is actually seen as stadium in the realm of the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, that single room that is locked is a stadium spirits are watching. Because there is, see, you know, this war, I can't see what is in the next house because this war is a blockade. In the realm of the spirit, there are no walls. 
So a spirit can be here and he cannot be trapped in the wall. The spirit can see beyond the wall because there are no physical limitations in spiritual realities. I'm teaching good here. So the first propensity is last. Second propensity is anger. I'm teaching you if an occult wants to manipulate you, if a witch wants to manipulate you, if a marine wants to manipulate you, if any realm of kingdom darkness wants to manipulate you, these are the five. If you deal with these five, you will be free. I said you will be free as a child of God. Number one is what? Last. Number two is what? Anger. Number three is greed. Number four is vanity. And number five is ungodly attachment to mundane things. Ungodly attachment to mundane things. These are the five propensities which are tools for demonic manipulation. If there is any Christian here who is manipulated in any capacity today, it is because he opened the door through one of these propensities. Please hear me carefully. The first is what? Last, number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? Now hear me carefully. According to its percentage in 100%, last constitutes 50% of it. Anger constitutes 20%. Greed, vanity, and ungodly attachment to mundane things. They are all 10, 10, 10, 10%. So, according to its intensity, lust is the highest tool of demonic manipulation. So, hear me. When you flee from immorality, especially lust, you are actually fleeing from demonic manipulation and not just saving yourself. There are laws in the spirit. Unfortunately, many Christians don't know that they break laws. Every law you break is an open door for satanic manipulation. Yes. Am I helping you? So an individual can be controlled by demons even beyond his awareness when he is under the oppression of one of these propensities. There's a man that had a vision that any time you are masturbating, you may be thinking you are doing it alone. You are actually sleeping with the spirit. Every masturbation had a spirit involved. You were sleeping with the spirit. You thought you were doing it yourself. It was a spirit you were sleeping with. Now, haven't you wondered? Eh? The reason why when we say sex is, see, sex is a highly spiritual activity. You know why? Sex is the only activity that can create another spirit into this world. Think about it. If a baby is born, that baby is a spirit. So your sperm carries in it a spirit of a man. So don't you think God and Satan are interested? When God wanted to deliver Israel, he had to wait for Moses' mother to have sex with his father. For him to grow before he brought Israel out. 
What makes you think sex is a cheap thing? For God to raise a deliverer, sex had to go on. So what you have to say, he says, this person that will come out of this sexual activity is going to be called Moses. And that is your deliverer. What makes you think that Satan is not interested in it? That's why people don't know that your sperm constitutes one of the highest life forces and energies in the spirit. So don't waste it. Demons are refreshed. They are strengthened from sperm spilled outside the confines of marriage. You know, because every sperm is blood. And in the realm of the spirit, it is blood that we do business with. Before an occult can do business, he needs to see blood. Before a witch can do business, he needs to see blood. So your sperm is your blood. And it's your life. So there are many people who have been manipulated spiritually through sexual abuse. And before I end my teaching, hear me before we close. There are 10 psychic gates or entry points in every life. This thing will save you. Psychic gates or entry points in every human life. Those things you saw as organs were actually gates. <laughs> Demons know it. Christians don't know it. And all these things, if I want to go into scriptures, you will see it clearly. The five propensities I mentioned about last. That's the reason why the Bible says, flee you full last, which wars against your soul. About anger. The Bible says, let not the sun go down to your anger. Because anger actually is one of the doors that opens to you for occultic manipulation. So, if Satan wants to destroy you, he will keep you as an angry man or angry woman. Look at what anger does to people. Look at what greed does to people. Look at what vanity and ungodly attachment to mundane things. iPhone. You can have sex with a man because of iPhone. That's an ungodly attachment to some of you. You, you are just attached to cars. You can't live without it. And these are all propensities Satan can manipulate against you. So, listen, these 10 psychic gates are sealed by the power of God. But they can be opened when Christians break the code that protects it. Are you ready for them? The first psychic gate is the eyes. A demon can enter you through your eyes. Every movie is appealing to open a gate in your eyes. Prophet Anapokusakodi, my father was, was preaching in U.S. and was doing a deliverance session. And the daughter of one woman who was manifesting by prophetic revelation, he said the girl caught the demon from YouTube. We all with an unveiled face, as we behold, as in the middle of the glory of God, are changed. So if God wants to transform you, he uses your eyes. What you are beholding. If Satan wants to deform you, he uses what you are beholding. So your eye is the first psychic gate. Number two is your ears. Listen, demons can enter you through your eyes. Demons can enter you through your ears. The things you hear. 
That's why spirits have entered into the lives of people because of the music they were playing whilst they were sleeping. Can you imagine? In one of the, what's my phone? What's my phone? What's my phone? Well, okay. Let me see if I still have it here. I had to, I had to screenshot it. There was a rap by Chris Brown. Okay? One of the guys that a lot of Christians enjoy listening to because he's a good rapper. Without, you see, you didn't, you didn't know the words this guy was saying and you were rapping with him. You were listening to him. Look at the rap in one of his songs. He says, hear this song by Chris Brown. It's a song that was corrupted. It is called Folly Angel. That's the name of his song. And look at the words. He says, if I could take a trip to outer space, she will be the one. I will see when I get to heaven's gate. She will welcome me with her arms. With her arms. Wide and a smile that will sh shadow me brighter than the sun. She, she hasn't had a fair chance. He's saying that Satan, Lucifer didn't get a fair chance in heaven. So I'll give her one. Let me tell you who she is. Yeah. She's a fallen angel sent from heaven up above. She's a fallen angel waiting for me to love her. Yes, she's a fallen angel. Take your judgment of her, I know. She's a fallen angel, you know. Maybe I should help her mend her broken wings so she can fly. He goes on to say, but I don't want to lose everything that I've gained, turning me a selfish man. Cause without them, my heart just doesn't go. No more. No more. I couldn't take the pain from watching her fly away. So say that you will stay. She's mine. She's a fallen angel. Oh, sent from heaven up above. She's a fallen angel. Waiting for me to love her. Yes, she knows that I'm a fallen angel. So take your judgment of her. I know she's a fallen angel. When you go, go and listen to the rest. Now, look at the song that she's singing. He's singing. It's actually worship to Satan. But they won't tell you it's a worship to Satan. As you are listening, singing along, even listening, you are creating a wave. Have you noticed that someone can listen to a radio program and the person can be healed of cancer? Someone can watch Alpha Hour program and the person was at home and meanwhile the person may be about a thousand miles away from the one, the chief Alpharian, Pastor Elvis. Yet he will say, take a point of contact and you pray over it and something happens. That tells you powers move through waves. Elijah was angry and he sent for a minstrel. Whilst he was playing, the spirit of God came upon him. He played, David played the harp onto an evil spirit left. So, which means you can hear something playing that can bring one. Someone says, man of God, there are some songs that are not worldly. They are only secular. They are in between. There is no in between song. You didn't hear me. There is no in between songs. So every worldly song you play in your sleep, you are welcoming spirits who empowered the one who sang it. Most of these artists you are listening to have sold their soul to Satan. They've made parts and covenants with demonic spirits. Some of them have sold their soul. So anyone who listens to them becomes their soul. Listen, they are soul winners in the kingdom of darkness. I'm telling you, if Mr. God can sing for you to cry, for you to sense the power of God, you can hear music that can make you sense last and for the rest of your life you battle with it. Wow, sorry. Wow, you don't read your Bible. 
Why you don't pray? Why anointing service you don't come? And you are the same person who has opened an outlet. Where can your freedom come from? Am I helping someone at all? Now, what's the next one? The nose is the next psychic gate. Your nose. So demons can enter you through your nose. I wish I had time to go into more into this. Next point is your mouth. Your mouth. It's a psychic gate. Demons can enter you through your mouth. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the tongue here, we are speaking of words here. Words. 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 Do you know, I listened to one account account, and he said if they want to attack a Christian, they find a way to make him sin with his mouth. And since that time, I became careful. When a Christian says, I'm silly, that word, I'm silly, can be taken in the spirit against you. I'm daft. I'm a failure. Do you know what that means? Today, we are about to pray and seal every psychic gate you have opened by ignorance. Give me shout amen. Every word you have released that has been taken by darkness, Today, you will neutralize it by the blood of Jesus. Next gate is your heart. Mind you, on your mouth, you can write it to bracket, kissing. Mm. Number five, your heart. Let's continue. It's a gate. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it comes out the issues of life. Number what? six, your navel is a gate. Today, I'm going to bring some deliverance to some people. When you were born, somebody tempered with your navel. Listen, your navel, eh, have you noticed, have you tried removing death from your navel before? Eh, you remove death and you try to cleanse the place. Have you done that before? What happened to you? It's like you fell sick, right? That part of your body is a very, very serious gate for darkness. And lots of people, when they were born, witches from their families tempered with their navel. Either through their umbilical cord or through something, they spat saliva on their navel, which became a gate that is destroying them till today. Today, we are going to seal all the gates. Next is your throat. These are psychic gates. Hmm. Next is the center between your eyes. I'm giving you intelligence. I'm giving you intelligence. The center between your eyes. So let me show you that gate is your here. There is a religion that uses this for their psychic intelligence. You know that? This place is a gate. Anyone who carries great destiny, every human being has something here that every occult of which can see to know where you end in the future. That is why whoever lays hands on you is tempering with that gate. So some of you have knelt down for people and they temper with the gate. It's an entrance. Your forehead is an entrance to your spirit. That's what we can do impartation. And people fall under the power of God. They are receiving something from us. And people don't know that in between their eyes is a gate. Number nine, 
The Enus. It's a gate. I don't know why you are laughing. I mentioned every part of the body. He didn't laugh. You know, one of, one of our, our relatives was having a problem with the anus and she went to the clinic and then she said, she told the pharmacist that uh, I have a problem with my motors. And the, 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 the pharmacist knows uh, many people have come with that issue. Hey, oh, true, man, I say, oh, true. <laughs> you know doctors here they are not shy they are not shy they will just tell you as it is it's a gate so listen to me there are people who enter into homosexuality when there is an insertion into their anus it became a gate Satan entered it demons entered through finally it's a sex organ that's where the message ends for today we are talking about how immorality weakens a man spiritually. And look at the areas we have dealt with today. Are you blessed at all? Has your eyes been opened? Next week, we are going to continue from there. So now, listen to me. So these 10 areas are psychic gates and entry points that Satan uses as tools to manipulate believers. Rise up on your feet. Some of you, the very thing you are experiencing today is happening through either one of the propensities you are falling into. We want to deal with those five propensities. Maybe you are here. Your major problem here is last. You are here. Your major problem is anger. You are here. Your major problem is greed. You are here. Your major problem is vanity. Vain things. They are things you love. You are here. Your major problem is an ungodly attachment to mundane things. You, you want to rise up. You want to lift up your voice and pray. You want to pray that, Father, every propensity Satan is manipulating against me. In the name of Jesus, I command them to lose their power over me. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. Come on. The sound has changed. The sound has changed. Please. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. I'm not hearing you pray. You are not praying like someone who wants to be free. What we are doing is not a joke. It's a spiritual thing we are doing here. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. You are dealing with things that was, was, was sent by darkness to keep you in bondage. Lift your voice and pray and cry to God that God, any propensity Satan has used against my life, every propensity Satan has used through lust, through anger, through greed, Father, let that power be broken of my life. Let that power be broken of my life. Lift your voice and pray right now. As you are praying, something is happening. As you are praying, something is happening. Shema Mali, Shema Mali. Shut down, 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 shut down